Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. <laughs> Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, the Me Too movement finally moves its way into the wrestling world. A bunch of WWE stars test positive for COVID-19. We have our NXT takeover do-over. We have Fighter Fest predictions. We have Wednesday Night Wars. We have the New Japan Cup. We don't have enough time. That and a whole <laughs> bunch more tonight on the Band for Ringside podcast. You said we ain't got enough time. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Young Smarks can't spell, but they can rock you at kayfabe. And over there in University City. Wait, hold on a second, everybody. He's not over in University City. Reunited and it feels so good. We have Jason Cornelius Bell in my basement. What's going on, JCB? Uh, it all looks familiar. Not much has changed. Bow your heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band from Ringside podcast, volume 161, chapter 3, verse 14. And the good smart says, hashtag who the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat. Shout out to my girl, Becky Balboa. I love you, babe. Keep grinding at work. I know you're working hard. It's going to be okay. It's good to be back. Um, nice to have you back. No, I was going to say, pets look good. Downstairs looks a little different, but not too different. You know, I cleaned it up a little bit. No, I, I was getting ready to say I've seen the, you know, what's happening over here to my left in front of me and all that other good stuff. So yeah, you, you know. see Zach's face on the dartboard. <laughs> see, I went on I hate him for the invite. <laughs> out TFTI out there in Edwardsville, Illinois. We have two beers. Zach Bowman, what's going on, two beer? Um, two claws, Zach Bowman. Right now, I've been on that claw train, man. Just Do claw we- dog and like. Uh, Katie, do we have to do we have to change your nickname? I don't know. I, I hope not. I mean, we might have to change your nickname. We are coming at you <laughs> from sunny South St. Louis. Tons of stuff to get to. Tons of stuff to get to. So, Jason, tell us about F&B. Let's get right into it. F&B Eatery on the corner of 3453 Southampton, Southampton and Marquette, home of the greatest smash burger that you've never heard of slide on in check my boy out mike he should be available for your smash burger needs closed on sorry about that it's closed on um mondays tuesdays and wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday mostly during the the nights but on saturday sundays they are open during the day as well, so that way, if you are r- running out and about, you got something to do, you can grab something curbside and bring it on in. Unavailable for dining just yet, but as times progress and hopefully the COVID proceeds, or not proceeds, but decedes, the dining room will be open for service. But outside of that, it is available full service from that point on. F&B Eatery Recorder, 3453 Southampton. Tell them that band from Ringside sent you. You know, it's like it's like the administration said, you know, there's going to be spikes. We're just going to have to live with it. <laughs> or die shit. with it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> let's get to that. Three counts. One, oh, two, three. Jason, what's the one count? Real deal shit, man. Um Speaking out, COVID, we're going to all wrap it up into one big one count. I'm not sure which people consider more important for me with sisters. I have a problem with 
male wrestlers, male talent taking advantage of the situation given to them and putting women in a spot where they feel uncomfortable and being sexually assaulted, however you want to call it. Um, some of the names are a little surprising, I will say that. Um, it's not all sexual assault in the case of, say, a Will Ospreay. He apparently had someone blackballed because they wouldn't help him out in some form or fashion. Um, it, it's got to a certain point, and I'm not going to lie. After reading five, six, seven different accounts, it just got to the point where I just couldn't read detailed descriptions anymore because at a certain point, it just, I couldn't do it. It's it's watching, if you ever watched the George, Fo- George Floyd video, and I've never watched it, I just can't watch it. It's gotten to that point where I just can't read it anymore. All I really need to know is the names and are they trying to deny it? Most haven't denied it. Some are starting to push back a little bit, um, which is kind of a surprise. I would think in this day and age, unless you just got the serious hardcore proof, um, Matt Riddle is kind of jumping into my head, but apparently WWE knew about Matt Riddle and that hasn't really stopped his push clearly on SmackDown with him defeating AJ Styles. I think that is... what. Well, I mean, you know. That's crazy that they no, didn't care about the guy they were pushing. No, it, apparently they knew, and at that point, it's their judgment call to make. I'm not going to sit up there and slam WWE for that. There's plenty of other things to slam them about. If that's – this is just a, a long, another on the long list of things to talk about. about. At the end of the day, I'll just say this because I'm sure there's plenty to say about it. I'm kind of surprised – especially in bigger promotions, Ring of Honor, WWE, obviously, um, remarks by Sammy Guevara. I'm kind of surprised that it has gone to this point where you don't have more female talent working with female talent. Not saying that it would, it still wouldn't happen, but I would like to think the odds of any sexual assault would decrease if you had it as such it's 2020 i just don't understand where you don't have more available access to have female trainers um and i guess that's where me seeing some independent independent promotions locally and i'm not going to throw those names out there you know who they are if, if you've seen me there i'll just say this i i can see it at that level because it's a smaller level everybody's trying to get over and it's one big happy family and it should be as such. And even at at that level, the female talent shouldn't feel scared to be able to work and train with the male talent because unfortunately that's what they're going to have to work with. It's just not a lot of female talent there to train with. But on the bigger levels, ROH, WWE, AEW, I got a problem with them not having female trainers to kind of circumvent this shit. Like I said, would it completely shut it down? No. But as a guy, it kind of took a lot of the love away from me from wrestling. It it kind of made it hard for me to just jump back into the normal scope of wrestling day after day after this person's being thrown under the bus, that person's thrown, being thrown underneath the bus. Now, I'm not saying thrown underneath the bus is a bad thing. 
I'm going to go with the victims on this. If they're saying it, I'm believing them because to me, this is no different than as racism is. If a, it's, it's a different perspective. I can't understand their perspective because I'm a man and I haven't gone through it. Apparently Keith Lee was drugged. So, I mean, it's just not the women are getting sexually assaulted. The men are getting sexually assaulted as well. So, I mean, like I said, for me, it's just a different perspective because for me, it's like racism. I can understand racism because I've been, you know, as a victim of it. I can't understand, I guess, this would be, let's just call it sexism for lack of a better term. I know I got two English majors that will correct me here in 30 seconds, but I can't. Oh, yeah. I don't understand this perspective because it personally hasn't happened to me, but I'm not going to Shit, say. You've been it, a victim of racism on this show. <laughs> I'm not going to say it hasn't happened because they're saying it and people are trying to deny it. I made him come through the back door of my house here because I didn't want his neighbors to see me. I didn't want my neighbors to see him. <laughs> You motherfuckers ain't shit. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Zach, your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a terrible thing, obviously, but it's also a great thing, and I think it's the greatest thing that could happen to the wrestling business because I don't care about the business end of it if if it's being, like, run on the backs of exploitation. Like, it's been a carny business and a shady business for a long time, and if you think it was squeaky clean, you're either a liar or incredibly naive, but I had no idea about the extent of this, especially from people like David Starr, who, you know, I've even said before, like David Starr is like my spirit animal. He comes across as like this super progressive and, you know, he's a total monster um, in that aspect of his life. And he had like dozens of allegations against him. Same thing with Joey Ryan. Uh, th their careers are pretty much over. And I mean, you look at Joey Ryan, like a guy with his gimmick, I mean, what are you, you're just a fucking idiot at that point, like, right? Like, I feel like you would have to be extra careful with a gimmick like that whenever your whole gimmick is, like, borderline sexual assault. <laughs> like, I just, I don't understand it. But, you know, we mentioned a couple other guys, like, like Osprey, I know, like, he had a thing where it was a girl that did not get along with B when they were dating, and she said that she was sexually assaulted by, like, one of his best friends, and he didn't believe her and he put out a tweet about her and that's like, you know, not right. And he apologized like for that. And, uh, but I, I feel like, you know, putting him and like, even like Sammy Guevara who like said some shit that was dumb. And I mean, I've said dumb shit even just on this podcast and he's paying the price and it's great that AEW is doing what they're doing. They're suspending him. They're giving his money. Like he's, they're suspending him without pay. And that pay is then going to fight injustice like this it's going to a women's shelter in jacksonville where they're based is what they said yeah exactly and him and sasha banks had a had a talk like you know like adults and sasha put sammy in his place and he seems like genuinely like upset and i i don't think sammy guevara should be canceled over a comment right because even though it was stupid and it was hurtful it's not it's not like in these other guys like marty squirrel having sex with a 16 year old like without her consent and uh david lagana sexually assaulting you know a roommate of his and velveteen dream who i've seen the dms and you guys have probably seen him on twitter multiple dms of him dming minors and grooming them like with actual like grooming language like delete this you know these conversations are only for us and 
just really, really sick shit. Oh my god, and, I, um, I missed that. I didn't hear the dream stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. A, a yeah. second, of, and at least the second allegations come out. Some, uh, I think it was he was sixteen, seventeen when the, I just saw it recently. But I mean, old enough to kind of know where the line is and right. and where dream is kind of allegedly kind of stepping close, if not over the line. So that now I kind of understand why he's not champion at this point, because it's first time might be the accident, but the second time's now, you know, not even happenstance, but I mean, we're, we're making this on the, the trend yeah, basis. There's a pattern. And yeah. I mean, we can throw WWE under the bus because, you know, what the riddle thing, he's like fighting it legally and stuff. Like, I don't know. I know he's been accused, but like he's got a lawyer and he's like denying and, you know, whatever, like, you know, jury's out on that one. But with like WWE, like all these like European promotions, like OTT and Oof. Progress, like they are clearing house and all the people that they're clearing, not all, but the majority are all WWE NXT UK talent. Jordan Devlin, Joe Coffey, Legero, Travis Banks, who harassed uh, another WWE NXT UK count, really young. Millie McKenzie. Um, uh, Millie McKenzie, who's really close friends with Pete Dunne, who, shining beacon of hope, like Pete Dunne, like I feel so good about loving Pete Dunne because like he is like actively like been a, a voice, you know, against this and like for progress and for change and, you know, trying to do the right thing and it's just really good to see but you know wwe has offered no statements uh they fired jack gallagher because he probably just admitted to it you know uh otherwise they probably wouldn't have done that either and um you know they i'm sure in the past vince has paid off tons of girls for rick flair for Shawn michaels for know. vince <laughs> Like Vince himself, right? Yeah. You're like you're st- like you kind of. I was hoping that you weren't going to bring it up so I could blow your guys' minds with it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's it was only a matter of time before it finally got to wrestling, right? I mean, this is the way I feel about music. Even though I think when music's going to be even trickier because, like, if somebody gets canceled over music, do you still not listen to their songs? I mean, I, I, like, there's tons of people that still listen to fucking Michael Jackson and. But that's neither here nor there. But, like, it's going to go, I mean, how many do you think that Vince has in his past? I mean, and nobody would be shocked by that. The the one that I was really shocked at, as Zach mentioned, was David Starr was shocking to me because, as you said, he seemed really progressive. He seemed really woke, for lack of a better term, you know. But, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, being an asshole just – Dudes are just pretty. I mean, it, I mean, you can point to women. You, there's all these anecdotal things about you know maybe this woman did this, but it's really just. I hate to use the word toxic max masculinity because so many people roll their eyes at it, but that's really what it is. I mean, it's it's just terrible. It's probably been. I, I would suspect that the older that you get into living or even dead wrestlers the more shit that you'll, the stories that you'll just never hear again. And oh, there's hope for the younger generation because, like you said, Pete Dunne seems on top of it. He seems like he's going to be on the right side. Sammy Guevara, you know, let's just, if you didn't hear what he said, he was on the podcast in 2017 when he was at a WWE developmental thing. He said he saw Sasha Banks backstage. 
and she looked so hot that he just wanted to rape her, which is a obviously a terrible thing to say. It you know adds to what is rape culture. Sammy Guevara's apology seemed genuine. Um, I liked Sasha's response to it because Sasha responded to it without really letting him, letting him off the hook. She didn't yeah. say that we talked and I accepted his apology. She may have, but she didn't say that. She seemed it. She seemed like she believed, and I don't want to read too much into what Sasha Banks said, but she seemed like she believed that he was sorry for it. But that's got to be a shitty thing to hear, right? From yeah. her, from and her he also, end. On his uh, apology video that he put out, because he has a very popular vlog. And uh, he comes across as like a total baby face, which makes me like him even more whenever he's like such a geek, good geek heel, because like he really is like, generally speaking, like a likable dude. But like he has a very popular vlog and he like he put that video out there knowing it was going to get a ton of hits and he like intentionally demonetized it. Like, you know, like made sure that like he did not get any kind of revenue like from that. So I feel like he's doing like the best job that he can for you know the situation that he put himself in and he, he deserves what he's gotten but for the people that are calling on canceling him or him like you know being fired like that's outrageous whenever those same people probably would list Shawn michaels on their mount rushmore you know what i mean like i mean i would too <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I mean yeah. unless there's something else that comes out in the future about him for what he's done now it seems like he's handling it as well as he could and you know, for guys that do an hour and a half uh, podcast every week, God knows uh, that sometimes just things just come out of your mouth. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I shouldn't have said God knows. I should say Zach knows that things just <laughs> sometimes things just come out of your mouth. But uh, they're pretty synonymous, in my opinion. But um, <laughs> this is uh, this, like Zach said. It's ultimately probably a good thing because you know in order to make progress shit's got to hurt for a while and this is gonna hurt you know that sucks i didn't hear about velveteen dream till right now and i thought that i'd been following it pretty good but um that's a bummer that's the thing is like it's been like some of them are really going under the radar and it's not cool like especially because that one's like egregious right like dude like if velveteen dream was like DMing my daughter on Twitter. I only say that I don't need to have a daughter to like be angry about this, but I do have a daughter and she's 17. Right. And Velveteen Dream, you know, same thing like James Ellsworth, like had done this, like, I don't know, last year on Twitter. There was yeah. pictures of him, like dick pics that he had sent to a 16 year old girl. Um, Are you, you sure know. they just weren't pictures of his face? See, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be. <laughs> You can't be serious for 30 seconds. No, I, and I, I guess my here's my question at this point. I mean, where do you really go from here? Do you, I mean, like certain promotions have been progressive about taking care of business. Impact suspends Michael Elgin. They fired Dave Christ. I uh, can't think of the other guy they fired as Joey well. Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan as well. Thank you. So, I mean, you got. Those are being, I would consider, somewhat progressive considering what is going on. Obviously, you have Vince and company not being nearly as progressive. Matt Riddle is still getting his push, and then everybody in the gray. 
there's got to be WWE's being regressive. Well, I, I was trying to be nice. I, I shitted on them last <laughs> week, so I'm trying to be nice this week. I guess my question is, where do you go from here? Because I mean, there's got to be some sort of plan in motion, some some sort of way that this isn't going to be another list of names a year from now, two years from now that is still coming out where you don't have to worry about this. This shouldn't even be an issue there's, as far as I'm concerned. There's no way to prevent it, though. I mean, because you're really depending on the victims to, you know, to be courageous and come out because ultimately it really just – it started with somebody – this started with the Joey Ryan thing, right? Or am I – I just – I can't believe it took so long to get to wrestling. I, I mean, I'm glad it's finally here. And really – I, I mean, honestly, I'm not even going to say it. Honestly, I couldn't tell you where the... I think, I think David Starr was the first one that I saw. That was the that first big mean. one. And then Joey Ryan was like subsequently thereafter. And then from that point, it, it was just, it had just been dominoes from that point on. It's, it's almost to the point where it's hard to just keep up with. And I get what you're saying to a certain extent. You know, it's it's going to be difficult to try to have some sort of sweeping reform. But, I mean, at a certain point, you're going to lose either the female talent that you're – if you're and I'm just throwing it out there because it's who I thought of immediately. If you're WWE and you're just allowing Brock Lesnar, because Brock Lesnar is one of the names that's been thrown out there, if you're allowing Brock to manhandle your female talent, that's not a good look. I mean – that would, at least if I was a female talent, that would give me pause to whether or not I would want to go with this cast of characters for 300 days throughout the year, obviously, pandemic aside. Non-pandemic aside, I mean, do you want to be, you know, quarantined or, you know, for lack of a better word, quarantined with these guys for, you know, a week or two at a time? I mean, at a certain point, Vince has to step to the plate and at least acknowledge the fact that there is a problem. Firing certain people and not firing other people is not enough. There has to be more done behind it. There has to be some sort of program set forth to where this is not an issue going forward. Go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, I feel like Ivanka. Oh, I mean, Stephanie is just going to have some lip service (laughs) statement (laughs) and – just come out and say, oh, we're, you know, against this and we're going to do something. Whereas at least like I'm not being an AEW fanboy, even though I am one, uh, you know, with Jimmy Havoc and with Sammy, like they're, they suspended them, you know, no pay. Jimmy Havoc's off to rehab um, and sensitivity training. Sammy Guevara's off to sensitivity training. I think having more women in positions of power in within these companies and having a zero tolerance, like Jason said, like a zero tolerance and like a program in place where this is our policy and it's a reformative policy, not it is punitive and reformative, not just completely punitive. And then depending on how bad the situation is that these people, you know, have to see justice in the form of like a court of law, you know, and it's just going to take more people speaking out and being brave and more, more people in power that are understanding and will not, uh, you know, you won't lose your push, well, right? The, Something bad happens to you. The court, the court of law thing is a little bit tougher because, as I told somebody on Facebook today, because there's 
there's a lot of shit going on in St. Louis right now, too. For those of you in St. Louis or not in St. Louis, there is a, a bit of a reckoning happening in the service industry, of which all three of us are a part, and also in the tattoo industry, which I got a big dose of today just looking at Facebook, and man, it's a fucking mess. Mm. But there, It's a shit show. It's a shit show. Um, as I told somebody today, though, in the court the court of because they were talking about somebody getting fired and i said they were like well due process and all this shit it's like yeah that's for that's for jail but that's not for public opinion and it's not for employment missouri you can fire anybody for any reason yep that you want to um so i mean his name was barry wasn't it i I saw you come he said fuck off barry yeah i told barry to fuck off (laughs) but it's like you can talk about due process and all that shit but if somebody has a big hist if somebody has a long history of sexual assault and all of a sudden there's 15 gals that come out that say this shit has happened over the last 10 years then yeah due process but i can i i'm not the law i can certainly say fuck that guy and i can certainly say i don't want to deal with that guy or i'm not gonna patronize that tattoo shop to get my uh kevin owens tattoo or something like that uh that's I mean oh, that's sure. that's I, not the way it works. I, it up, I just mean like if it if it comes down to it like it, they shouldn't just be fired, right? They shouldn't be left hook. They should if if they are, you know, those victims deserve justice. Like I'm not saying wait for a court case before you like fire anybody yeah. or before. Yeah, I, like, yeah, I knew sure, what you, you were know, saying, but yeah. Other people other people say stupider stuff and I was uh I guess I was Oh yeah. talking to that not straw man talking to that jefferson county no i'm just kidding talking to that talking to that dumb man um anyway i mean to to wrap this up because we did a full 20 minutes on not that not that it might deserve more uh we are going to get some wrestling but before we get to the wrestling we got to talk about how COVID 19 has struck the wwe locker room uh tell us about that zach uh, so again, uh, WWE is not really releasing any statement. Uh, they're very quiet on this, which just goes to show like how scared they are. Uh, but it's their own doing. I mean, this is a billion-dollar company that is not taking care of their talent. We've said it week in, week out. We don't need to regurgitate that. But they finally did test. I mean, this is a billion-dollar company that has not tested anybody. They're just taking temperatures. And they're in a state that this week had 5,500 new cases of COVID-19. They are... Uh, not allowing friends and family into the building if they were want to wear a mask. Like, so all those TV people you see that aren't wearing masks, it's not just because they don't want to, which they might not want to, but if they want to get in and see the show, uh, because that's how they're populating the crowd, uh, they're not allowed in WWE. And in those tapings, there was a positive COVID test. So then they finally decided that they were going to test and they have like an undisclosed number, like probably like a couple dozen. Uh, Kayla Braxton's got it for the second time. Renee Young is definitely positive. She's at home with John Moxley, who has so far tested negative, but that's why he was not on the AEW show. Um, goddamn Ric Flair was in right. this, like, he's like, they have him coming back as like a main character. They can't create a new star, so you got to bring in 70-something-year-old Ric Flair to possibly kill him? Like, dude, I don't know. Like, I could rant about this for an hour, and I'm not going to, but it is egregious it's irresponsible and it's just i it it i can't even fathom like how you can't eke out a little bit of money 
for safety measures. You're going to fire a referee. You're going to fire some producers. You're going to cut some talent to save some money. One of those people's salaries would have paid for an entire year of COVID tests. Like, I just, I cannot imagine it. So we'll just see, like, this thing's going to implode. And supposedly they're going to be taping for a couple weeks ahead of time um, now. And because uh, there's instituting travel bans again, like in the Northeast, like Connecticut and stuff and New York, you can't fly in or fly out, you know. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's fucked up, and they fucked up, and it's not cool. Well, now, my biggest problem with the whole thing is is now it's classic WWE. It's being retroactive. Oh, what? Oh, you know, oh, this guy's, you know, tested positive. Oh, then now let's start testing. They should have been doing this, you know, weeks ahead of time to start trying to nip this in the bud. If you're going to try to make this into some sort of – watchable product, marketable product, and, I mean, it, it doesn't even have to be marketable at this point. I mean, the, the product is crappy, and they're still getting ready to make close to $100 million after the fact. But, I mean, at a certain point, doesn't it have to be about the talent? I mean, you're not going to just – even with them firing Paul Heyman, the talent is still have to be able to come out and feel safe to perform. See Roman Reigns, see Sami Zayn, now see Kevin Owens. Guys are not feeling comfortable about this, and I don't blame them because you're not giving them a reason to feel comfortable. If you're going to march them, it'd be like going to the Army, you getting trained, and then them dropping you into a hot zone with a – a nine millimeter. Now go take over this country. You ain't going to do shit with this nine millimeter. You need more than that. They need to have some sort of feeling that they are being taken care of. And once again, it is classic WWE where they are taking care of their dollar first, the talent second. And I'm getting to the point where maybe everything just needs to shut back down again. AEW included, shut it back down to where that way the talent is safe first worry about the dollar second i mean they're not doing anything differently than any other publicly traded billion dollar company like taco bell or fucking wendy's or mcdonald's is doing either i mean the talent to them is interchangeable because they have tons of it they have more than a, than any other rosters ever had no that's fair i mean they, they don't and do shit with it but that's fair Go and ahead. some of you might be sitting out there like hey bill Jason's over at your house right now. Are you guys sitting six feet apart? Probably more like four and a half. But you know what we're not doing? Sweating and touching each other. Not like wrestlers. Not yet. Not- <laughs> Zach. God damn, I put that on a T form, didn't I? Don't say, Zach, don't give it away now. But, I mean, that. I, I guess I'm just, I'm not very surprised. I am surprised that they weren't testing them as soon as they came in. Yeah. That's. That's bizarre to me. It's like you would think that I guess it's kind of you would think that Vince learned his lesson after the steroid thing and being re- like you said, it's them reacting rather than being proactive. Dude, UFC is is wrestling on a, an island in a biodome or they're fighting like like fighter island in like in a Saudi Arabia or some crazy shit. I mean, baseball starting up and baseball is saying that if you test positive for covid you can't play for two weeks it's only a 60 game season right i mean that's fine put an asterisk on it like i don't care like everybody wants something to watch but vince obviously didn't fucking give a shit 
Maybe AEW gave more of a shit. It doesn't seem like. I, I mean, I don't know if they were testing either. I don't want to let AEW off the no, hook just because been, they are testing. QT Marshall testing, was. Uh, still, go ahead, Zach. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, they are testing. I've been. I've said that on my soapbox before. It's irresponsible what they're running. I don't listen. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they are testing. They are testing every week. So, but I think the I think the problem with that is they think in their minds they're like, oh, we're testing, so it's fine. But like you can test negative and still be right. like asymptomatic, and you can the tests are not like completely fail proof. So I still think like in their heads they're like, oh well, I te- I passed and I'm negative. But like that's not the be all end all. And, right. Like whenever Jericho and Cassidy were brawling in that crowd. There's a whole lot of people sitting next to each other without masks on. Yeah. In that daily center, you know. Yeah, some with, but a lot without. And I was thinking about that too, where this is the new new world order, so to speak. At I don't know if we're going to see a lot of that. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to see a lot of that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Fighting into the crowd and you know stuff like that might be a thing of the past. You know, if not forever, at least temporary, where. You just don't want to expose anyone to possibly getting sick or, God forbid, you know, getting sick and then having uh, have them pass on. So it's WWE just drives me up the wall. And it's just it's this is the latest thing that just boggles my mind, especially when you're trying to get the band back together, so to speak, and trying to make this thing where you have live crowd for SummerSlam. Not going to happen. Well, not anymore. I mean, I just think it, it, it would be ridiculously irresponsible to even try that. The way it is right now is is good enough. If you got to shut it down, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But there's no way in hell they should have a live crowd for SummerSlam. I don't give a fuck how big this fucking you want it to be. Make Write better scripts. You won't have to worry about having a crowd there. All right. We spent the half hour talking about serious world stuff. Um. Let's spend the next 45 minutes talking about wrestling. You guys down with that? Let's do it. All right. Yep. Uh, let's get to that. Two counts. One, two, three. Two beer. What's the two count? So what better introduction to getting back to talking about wrestling than to talk about New Japan? Uh, Hell yeah. I did not get to watch uh, the show this morning. I forgot about it. And... I also forgot about uh, the NXT do-over, which is uh, what I did watch instead. So, um, oh, don't you? But worry, I did watch the. I, I watched the first two of the three shows since last week. Um, quick rundown: uh, Sonata went over to Gucci. No big surprise there. Uh, Show went over to Gagi in a huge upset, and also my favorite match uh, that I watched this week. Me too. Uh, Show did a couple shock arrows on him. Uh, these. This was a rematch from. Uh, the best of the Super Juniors tournament in which Takagi went over because he went to the finals of that tournament. Uh, but this really solidifies show as a single star or a potential single star. And uh, these guys are great. Um, that was a great a match. Really good match. Yeah. And I, I didn't get my, my picks in because I was, I've been drinking uh, again. So I didn't get my <laughs> in. He's picks back. In. Two claws out. And uh, I don't know. Did anybody have or show over Takagi. I feel like that was like oh, I, I, I said did not. the first week that I thought Takagi was going to the end. So uh, let me check. No, I did not. I'll be, I'll be the first to admit that I, I had uh, Shingo having a nice little run. But as you know, just quick sidebar for thirty seconds. 
their match at uh, Best of the Super Juniors was a nip and tuck kind of a match where it felt like Show had a chance to win that match, and he didn't. So this is kind of almost, you know, just rewards for him winning this match, and it, and this was just as good, if not a better match than their Best of the Super Juniors match. Yeah, I had Takagi. Yeah, and you had Takagi, yeah. yeah. And now that he beat him, uh, so Takagi's out, Show's not going to go all the way to the end. So at Dominion, we could have Show versus Takagi for the Never Championship because now Show really kind of – the way New Japan books, like he pinned him, he deserves a shot at the title. So that could be another potential awesome match for Dominion, which is like the second biggest show of the year. Those so. dudes have great chemistry together, though, man. They do. Uh, a couple other guys have good chemistry, Abushi and Zack Sabre Jr. Abushi uh, finally wins. Uh, he had lost the previous two encounters in New Japan Cups, their last two times that they had gone up against each other. Zack Sabre Jr. actually has won a New Japan Cup, but so has Abushi. Yeah, you know, uh, shout out to friend of the show, Blood Girl Raven, who I saw on Twitter kind of running this sh- this match down. And a little bit. I guess maybe she just doesn't like Zack Sabre Jr. Because really, no. when, when you're having a, when you're, when Zack Sabre Jr. is in a match, you're having a Zack Sabre Jr. match. That's just kind of the way it is. And maybe his style's so much different than everybody else. And Abushi's so good. But I mean, Abushi, you're stuck in a Zack Saber Jr. match. Now, Zack Saber Jr. He he can do some fun stuff. I I happen to I love this match. I get what she's saying though. I mean, when I saw this, you know, I'm thinking this is going to be a five star classic. It was a four star match, but I mean, I get what she's saying. It was it fell flat because, like I said, when I saw this my eyes just immediately started to roll back in my head and started to think imagine how great this match was. It was good. It just wasn't great. So I get where she's coming from with that. I don't knock her for that. All right. The Sonata comment, yeah. that's something different, but that's another that's another story. What'd she say about Sonata? <laughs> the two counts all about you, Blood Girl Raven. What'd she say? Basically she's upset that she uh Sonata would have someone in the Dragon Sleeper and then instead of submitting him he would take it off and then come off with the moonsault and that moonsault more times than not misses. And that's how he loses matches. Glad most recently with that's Okada. He does, he does do that. All he the does time. do it a lot. And I, I can't, I can't knock that because it's true. I Okada mean, was she, the, she's got it there. She, yeah. Okada was the last time it happened where I was like, Oh, this might be the time. And then he, he let off the sleeper. He tried the moonsault, didn't work. Okada wins the match. Can I just say that's that's smartier than anything any one of us has ever said <laughs> on this podcast. She got him, though. Yeah, she no. got him. Yeah, she's right. No, and I, I was like, what? No, no, you can't say that about Sonata. You know, I mean, I'm coming to the defense. I'm like, no, no, no. As an LIJ mark, you just can't say that. Two Beer, what do you think about the Bushi Sabre? Uh, I liked it. Uh, you know, I think we, we fall into that trap sometimes with our expectations of New Japan. Sometimes you, um, it's funny because like there's matches that you think, oh, this could be good or this could just be okay. And they're like four and a half star, like four, three quarter star, just like awesome matches. And then you have like two big names where we almost like expect like too much and they put on a really good match and it's just kind of not quite good enough. Um, so I, I understand that aspect. Like, like Jason said, it was like a four star match. Uh, Abushi thrives in like a more of a high-flying environment and Zack Sabre Jr. is not gonna let you do that and it's not like Will Ospreay where Will Ospreay is like 
surprisingly just like the secret like amazing chain wrestler like abushi's really talented and like a once in a lifetime talent but he's not a catch as catch can wrestler so much you know so but it was a really good match all right and what was the uh, last match of night one or night three i guess and then talk about surprises tai chi over tanahashi with the black mephisto i mean it wasn't necessarily a surprise that they would put tai chi over tanahashi because tanahashi's like in his twilight years right but the fact that Tai Chi just dominated Younger this than entire Jason. match, and then <laughs> Fuck you. He, he dominated this entire match, and then just pinned him, like that part was surprising. So uh, I expected Tanahashi to get a you know a little Hulk up, little comeback, and then pin him or Tai Chi you know, beat maybe the Tai-Chi shit beats. out of him. It was he just beat the shit out of him and pinned him. It was crazy. <laughs> and then on top of it, you know, once again, this is the Blood Girl Raven two count. She made a good point. Not only did he win the match, Obushi came out. He got him a piece of Obushi and then stacked one on top of the other. Man, I was just the most. By the end, I was literally dumbfounded because I'm like, "There's no way Tai Chi is getting ready to win this match." He and then he wins the match, so I'm like, "Man, no way! This is crazy!" So I'm still kind of like dumbfounded. And the next thing you know, he's whooping everybody. You know, Zack Sugar Jr. came out. You know, helped him out. But I mean, basically. It was Tai Chi's moment from the very start with that with his new like little vignette for his entrance music to the very end where he basically put Abushi on top of Tanahashi. That was his fucking main event moment. Good for him. I'm not back on the bandwagon, but good on him. I'm gonna make a comment about Tai Chi that I have probably only made a couple times before about a wrestler. I would love him if it wasn't for his hair. <laughs> really? Yeah, he has terrible hair. Just, okay, man. <laughs> I mean, just the worst hair in pro wrestling. Is All there right. anybody that's got worse hair than Tai Chi? Shit, I'm sure we can think of somebody. <laughs> Try to th- I mean, uh, Yo- Yoshihashi was really bad for a while. Ooh. I mean, I'm watching Bailey right now with the ponytail sticking out of the side of her head on NXT. I mean, that's not as bad as Tai Chi. I mean, he's got the worst hair, dude. Give me a week. I'm sure we can think about he, he it. He looks like a dude that's in the background of a party at one of the direct-to-DVD American Pie sequels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was that was specific as hell. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, All right. Uh, night two was a uh, – it was a fine show, but nothing um, – I only watched the singles matches because I'm in a hurry, so – if anything happened in the, the tags, uh, forgive me, or maybe Jason could fill in or, or, or Bill if he watched the tags, which he usually doesn't. But uh, <laughs> like a uh, quick rundown, Bushi went over Yo. Uh, Yoshihashi went over Tenzan. Uh, Goto went over Yujiro Takahashi. And Evil went over Kojima uh, in the main event and also like the best match, like in my opinion. No, I uh, agree. I was going to say that was one of those where, like you said, my expectation level was low coming in for uh Kojima and Evil and it ended up being a much better match than I initially had in, uh anticipated. If I'm not mistaken, the the multi man match that night I think was L I J versus Chaos to where uh Yanu uh fuck want fuck Yanu first and foremost. Uh and Hiromu, I believe, yeah, uh they kinda had their angle where Yana was trying to cut Hiromu's hair, and this is the only thing that I've had, and this is a very, very small knock on the New Japan Cup, but it's not their fault. This is where I miss 
English commentary because I'm not sure if this angle just developed out of the blue and I'm just new to it or it's been happening and I wasn't privy to it. But apparently that was the angle that was coming out of the night two um, multi-man match. So that would spin us forward into night three where they had their uh, their singles match uh, for the New Japan Cup. But once again, I mean, and look, and I, and I know I'd, I'd say fuck Yano, and, and it's mostly in jest. There's... The only thing I can't really, really stand about Yano is the fact that when it's time for him to be serious in situations like the New Japan Cup, he's not serious. But that's just me. I mean, I will. I understand that there is comedy that needs to be in wrestling, but he leans a little too much towards the sports entertainment portion for me, and that's where I kind of start you know, falling out of love with him. But, I mean, Bill loves him. God bless him for it. Zach loves him. God bless him for it. Most people love him. God bless them for it. I'm just not that guy. All right. Uh, Who are you talking about? Night three. Yo, boy. He's talking about Yano. I was, oh, I was pissing. I came downstairs. You're talking about Yano? He's not even on that card. He wasn't even on, on the on card. The night. He was on the card for the. See, he was in the tag match. Oh, yeah. Rent free, rent free in your head. No, Yano's rent free, dog. No, he no, is it's not. Because he said he wasn't on the card, and I just said Bill doesn't watch the tag match. Right. <laughs> Thank my you. Point. No, no, I, I, I don't. I don't. Okay, he's about to say, "Shut your ass up." <laughs> say, "We over here talking while you piss it, filibustering our asses <laughs> off." Go ahead, filibustering. Filibustering. Uh, you guys can fill in on opinions. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. This like show like i'm looking forward to every one of these matches actually on this card uh ishimori went over kanamaru with a bloody cross ishii went over makabe with his uh vertical drop brain buster uh hiromu went over yano in a count out and okada went over yuji nagata with his cobra clutch so i'm looking forward to every one of those matches uh i'm interested to see what you guys have to say go ahead bill oh so you're talking about the one that just happened this morning this morning yeah, you I said didn't Ishi- see it. I just, those are the results. I didn't see it either. Uh, you said Ishii went over Makabe? Yep. Had that. And oh, uh, Hanma went over Yano? No. Hiromu. Uh, uh, Oh, Hiromu. Oh, oh, I got the, I got the, I got, I that entire part of the bracket is perfect for me. It does a bitch. You had Hanma going over Hiromu Takahashi in the first bracket? No, I had... No, I had Takahashi going over Hanma, and then I had Takahashi going over Yano. Oh, okay. I got Takahashi versus Ishii. Dude, I don't know. That's gonna be that's gonna that's be gonna dope. be real interesting. Real interesting. Very interesting. Uh, the new Ishimori versus Okada is gonna be interesting. It's been a fun tournament thus far. No, but you can kind of see, at least for me, the Okada side is is kind of going. Now we're starting to get towards the chalk. The opposite side, I'll just call it the, for the lack of a better term, I'm going to call it the Tai Chi side because Tai Chi had the, as far as I'm concerned, he had the biggest upset of the New Japan Cup so far. That's the side that doesn't really, you can't really have a good feeling of who's getting ready to come out from that side of the bracket because it's it's a lot to kind of shake down. I mean, Ishibushi, yeah, Ubushi and Taichi have a match coming up. So, I mean, that's going to have 
a lot to to say with who comes out of that side. So I mean, there's still it to me. This is classic New Japan. One side you can kind of see how it's going to end. The other side, I just don't have a good feel of how this is going to shake down. So that keeps me interested. Did you guys already talk about Goto versus uh, Yakahashi? And Evil versus Kojima, Yo versus yep. Bushi. You guys yeah. already talked about all that. Yeah, that was the that was your bathroom break. Well, I was upstairs. That was your bathroom. Break. It wasn't even that long of a piss. Look, we started to talk about the tag match first, and then that led us to night three. It's called Segway. We're getting to that three count. <laughs> One, jealous. <laughs> Got to keep it moving. Okay, so uh, Wednesday Night Wars stuff. Um, I'll admit. I thought that Dynamite was kind of bad. Wow. Okay. That's go ahead. But I will go. We're, we're so we're going to start with what I thought the best match of last night was, which is Keith Lee versus Finn Balor versus Gargano. Fair. Uh, Keith Lee goes over in a triple threat match, the Bill Vegas special. Uh, he, Interesting. He ends up. He is going to face Adam Cole Bye-bye. two weeks from now for. Winner take all. So somebody, I don't, I don't see that. I just, you think they're gonna fuck around with that? I, it doesn't make sense. I mean, a no contest makes sense. Kieran Cross interrupting this match makes sense. I can't see them doing a double champion. It, it's not, it's not like they have another singles title or a lower level title or anything like that. This is what it is. It's. It's basically counter-programming to what AEW is. And let's just call it for what it is. Whether Vince is running in NXT or not, these last three weeks are designed to either take ratings away or win the week. If they can't win in these next three weeks, that's when you can start to say NXT is in quote-unquote trouble. But for me, it's just counter-programming. It's punch-counter-punch. I just can't see them. It doesn't make sense to have one champion on the NXT brand, not unless you take away all the all the barriers and you don't have any brands, so that way everybody and anybody can go from NXT to Raw to SmackDown, kind of way they're doing with the, the women's tag team titles. If you do it like that, then if you have a, a single champion on NXT, I don't have a problem with it. Now, as you know, I hate fancy booking. You know, I don't like <laughs> I'm to do sorry, it. Sorry, I can't help it. I'm not one to fancy book. You know, it's it's no fun because that's not exactly what wrestling podcasting is, and that's not why there's a million fucking wrestling <laughs> podcasts probably in the Midwest alone. Is because nobody nobody like likes fancy ahead. booking. Like but you know what? Ahead. I'll fancy book for a second. Uh oh, can he book the territories? Let me let me try to book the territory. Go go ahead. I think Keith Lee loses to and, Adam Cole. To Adam Cole, baby, and that Adam Cole has one of the Undisputed Era turn against him. Now, I've been fancy booking the Undisputed Era breaking up for about a year, so I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it moving. Keith Lee goes up to SmackDown to challenge, I don't know, AJ Styles maybe, to challenge Bray Wyatt maybe. I don't know. I would think that you would move Keith Lee up. They, they're obviously really high on Keith Lee. Yeah, for sure. I agree with that. Uh, I don't. I think that Keith Lee is much more of a Vince guy than Adam Cole is. I think that's probably indisputable. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> they both have one major flaw against them. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. I mean, that's a really good point. <laughs> I say, I don't know. Who should we do? Adam Cole would be on SmackDown for three weeks before they start calling him Shorty Cole or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. He totally but, would. But, I, I mean... I, don't, I think there's no way they don't go through with it. There's a month-long story that they're going to say there's going to be an undisputed, that there's going to be a guy holding two belts, and they're not going to do it. You're saying they're not going to go through with it? I don't think they'll do it. I think somehow they... It's, you want to bet? It's a, it's a no contest, a, a social distancing, shot bet, as per usual, social distancing, shaking of the hands. I'm saying this And neither one of us has ever paid for the shot. It's always Because <laughs> I'm always bartending. It's just like, ah, just, I'll just pour it. Put it on my tab, homie. Uh, what do you think is going to happen, Zach? Uh, so I like your idea just because I can totally see uh, him going up. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I actually thought that carrying Cross is going to cause an interference and uh, they wouldn't have a finish because they wouldn't want to beat either guy. So that's... Uh, and NXT like shies better. away from that type of booking, though. They really don't they do, have... but we're in, like, a whole brave new world here with NXT, man. Well, that's like, true. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is a, is this a scenario where you, if you wanted... God forbid, if you wanted to go that route, you can't. I just don't... Like I said, it, for me, there's enough talent where I think you, just, you have to have a second singles title. If you're moving guys up, like... Bill's talking about maybe Keith Lee's moving up or uh, Damian Priest was rumored to be uh, called up here at some point. If you're shrinking the roster, okay, like I said, that might make more sense. Or if you're rotating guys in and out, that makes more sense. But just for me right now, it there's still enough talent to, to warrant a second singles title. Yeah, Jason, uh, Jason got to stole my thunder overall because uh, this is absolutely – counter programming and for all those idiots that are act like nxt on wednesday night literally doesn't exist exclusively for counter programming yes nxt existed before aw yes it was on wednesday it was on a, a private like subscription service that less than a million people own and even fewer of those watch they put it on usa at the same time slot specifically for counter programming and the product is suffering because of the counter programming and I, I love NXT. I don't think there's anything but I don't think there's any doubt about that. It's suffering. I know, but that's because you don't live on Twitter either. Like you I get on there for like maybe ten minutes a day and it's just the worst ten minutes of my life. I don't know why. <laughs> well I have I have a few Twitter accounts. One of them has no wrestling at all and the other one is all maybe wrestling. I need to switch it up. Yeah. And I, I won't get on the all wrestling one unless I'm thinking about wrestling. Basically, when I'm thinking about wrestling, all I'm thinking about is wrestling. If I'm not thinking about wrestling, I don't even want to consider it. <laughs> it's been a shit show on Twitter lately. That's for damn sure. I bet. Um, so, uh, you know what? Because this is my three count, I'm going to bounce around a little bit between oh, the Wednesday Night Wars. My, fav go. my favorite match on Dynamite this week was FTR versus SCU. In a high-powered, high-energy tag team match that was that lasted about eleven minutes, and man, it was a ton of fun. FTR ends up going over. They cut a promo afterwards. Uh, 
Butcher and the Blade come out and cut a promo on them, and they challenge them to an eight-man tag match at Fighter Fest, which really doesn't make any sense. I mean, it was they the Lucha Brothers, Butcher and the Blade, versus the Young Bucks and FTR. It seems like it's only designed to get FTR and Lute and the Young Bucks on the same team. What do you think, Jason? Uh, possible descent if you want to move it forward like that. Um, the return of the Lucha Brothers. I would, wouldn't mind seeing it being two separate matches, but I can see why you do the eight-man, especially with Butcher and Blade involved. Um, I thought this was a good match. I kind of saw... Uh, Daniels and Kazarian on Dark the last couple weeks, and they looked like they were getting their chemistry together. And I kind of mentioned that. Man, they're, I was they're really good. Yeah, and I was wondering, you know, what was this leading to? And then, obviously, with QT Marshall uh, putting, taking himself aside, you bring in SCU, who's, who's had a couple good matches on Dark. Like I said, looked good. Chemistry was good. Good chance to have them with FTR kind of scratch that off of the AEW dream match for tag team matches. And, you know, it ended up being a good match. I wish it would have went a little longer, but that's just me. Yeah, I could have watched them for 20 minutes. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, it was actually it was my favorite match, even with uh, a fantastic – oh, we are talking about – you said favorite match on Dynamite. I say even with a fantastic triple threat match on NXT, I don't want to bounce around. But um, it's just so nice to see – the revival or FTR rather back in action and that Dax Harwood or Scott Dawson, whatever you want to call him is, uh, I did not know the their names. Uh, he's Dax the Harwood Arne. is probably my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's the Arn Anderson of our generation. Like uh, he doesn't quite have the promo down as much as Arn. Cause no. Arn's like a, a real promo legend, but Agreed. he did a good promo uh, at the end of the match. But, um, I mean, I'm not, like, the first person to say that. Like, I saw Meltzer say it, like, on Twitter on Wednesday night. No, I um, no, he, I'll piggyback on that. I agree with that totally. Yeah, he's just just a goddamn great worker who has no looks, no body. You know what I mean? Just, like, straight, tough guy, bar fight, you know, but also just a really good technical wrestler. And I just love him. And I'm so happy that we get to see them in AEW, which has the best tag division in the entire world and arguably uh outside of 90s all japan i would say they're second only to 90s all japan as far as tag divisions in history i think that they're just phenomenal so um Jesus, if you haven't man. watched 90s all japan tag matches i mean stop listening to us i mean that's that shit. that's tough to argue though I, I was like he just <laughs> he just blew jason's wig back I'm but right. i mean that's kind of hard to argue they are fuck i mean they're stacked their tag division no, is they stacked. are they are very very stacked and the and the team that the team that has the belts isn't really a team isn't really a team you know and jr but made they a, put on the they and even they had on in there in their promo to set up their their fighter fest match they sort of they they played on that and they're like yeah uh, but we get it done oh right. you want to have the best tag team match in the history of tag team matches yeah we'll just do it like that and that's totally true like they're not a, a tag team which is funny but they they literally put on the greatest tag team match that i've ever seen in my life it, 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 it was one of the best ones but i like jr's kind of uh impending doom statement towards the end of that uh vignette where he basically said that you know we Something we have we've seen bits and pieces this the dissension 
things might end up unraveling some point down the line. And this goes back to what I said about Adam Page, you know, weeks, months ago about him not being the first champion. It was probably best that he wasn't the first champion because now people are starting to get to know Adam Page and this version of Adam Page is getting over if and when, probably more so when he has this feud with Kenny Omega, that'll get him more over, get him more exposed, for lack of a better term. And then down the line, if you want to give him the title, now at that point you can give him the title. Chris Jericho is is the best choice and is still getting guys over when he doesn't even have the title. Uh, speaking of Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy had uh, a bit of of an altercation at the end. I'll just tell you guys what I thought about this. I've said it before on the podcast that Orange Cassidy needs a crowd. Without the crowd, it's just not as good. Chris Jericho's promo on Orange Cassidy was money. It was fucking really good because it it walked that tightrope between shoot and work that was just perfect where he's like, don't try that shin shit on me or whatever he said, you know. I liked Orange Cassidy showing fire. Obviously, Orange Cassidy has a lot of chops. The guy can do a whole bunch of things. What I didn't like was at the very end when Orange Cassidy went back to doing the half thumbs up, the lazy thumbs up. It's like I wish he would have showed a little bit more fire going into the end of the episode as the the credits played, so to speak. What do you think, Zach? Uh, I liked it. I think Jericho is actually integrating some truth, some reality into the program because I think Jericho, uh, even though he's he's mega in touch and has always reinvented himself, like I think I remember Jericho not being super saying saying that he was not super hot on Orange Cassidy at one point, and I love that he finally you know changed his mind when he saw like how over he was and he's not just an old guy who thinks one way and has he changed his mind you think oh he he would not be working with him like if you think that jericho doesn't pick who he works with oh man like he hand selected you know this thing i mean like i'm sure like they have ideas for him and stuff but jericho pineapple pete wasn't uh yeah a happenstance i mean they did their program pineapple pete went on talk talk as jericho Mm -hmm. things along those lines so i mean it's not – this is what I was saying just a few seconds before. Even though he's not the champion, he can still get guys over and get them exposed to a bigger audience. I happen to know who Pineapple Pete was, but he was just named somebody else from a different promotion. Right. Shook Duggerson. So his name was definitely not Pineapple yeah. Pete. Yeah. But that's, but that's, that's how – yeah, but that's – and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, you know – Pineapple Pete, Pineapple Pete, but I didn't know he was Shook Douglasson from a different promotion. So for Orange Cassidy, this is going to help him in the long run. Jungle Boy, uh, Scorpio Sky. These guys have just gotten their rub with Chris Jericho. And God forbid if they get on the show, that's even more so of a rub. It's going to make them hopefully bigger stars. So in that scenario, this is the way they're making their, their stars. Go ahead. Yeah, what's crazy is that that actually works whenever you do it right. Like, it doesn't work in the WWE sense when they're like, hey, go in there and uh, lose to this guy and uh, you'll get the rub. Like, they do that without any, like, thought process. Like, Jericho, like, still beats these guys, but they 
get over because he puts them over and he's allowed to like be creative. It's the flair model. Just, I mean, yeah, flair used to get flair used to get dudes over all the time and he'd always end up winning, but flair just got everybody over because he was so good at winning like a chicken shit heel. I mean, he invented the chicken shit. Heel. I don't know if he invented it. Somebody will probably somebody will probably get on fucking Twitter and be like, "Well, there's this guy in the thirties. You, you guys know what I mean." Um, a, a couple other things because we're running out of time. We're going to do the do over next week. Uh, we didn't have time tonight. Uh, the Finn Balor, Jerick, or the Finn Balor Samoa Joe match is uh it's really something especially if you hate the demon like i do but uh if you guys want to follow along with us next week go ahead and watch nxt london nxt takeover london from the end of 2015 but a couple other things that i wanted to talk about before we got to the first five matches of fighter fest that's going to be on wednesday um i think santos escobar is a star man like is he does he not carry himself like a star? He looks fucking great, right, Jason? Uh trying to think who was he in uh Gucci Underground. I can't think of do uh shit. Elfant, uh, no, no, no. Um but he really didn't speak in Gucci Underground. I can't think of his name in Gucci Underground off the top of my head, but whoever his sidekick was was basically doing the speaking, but you could tell he had talent. Now that he especially with WWE, you gotta be able to talk. He came out and immediately was just like had this presence about him that makes him feel a little more standard outish, for lack of a better term, than most other people. I just want to see where this goes. Ultimately, I'm sure that him and uh, Drake Maverick's paths are going to cross back here in a little bit. I like the fact that Drake Maverick wasn't on the show this week, mm-hmm. so that's always a good thing. You know, it. it reinforces the damage done but yeah Santos Escobar is, is is a nice nice little choice I wouldn't I want to see where this goes maybe Adam man he looks great Jake yeah. Atlas didn't lose anything in that match Not against him all. on NXT Not it was a good all. match he got over while Escobar went over so um Zach I know you're a big fan of opening matches on Dynamite what did you think of Wardlow Wardlow sorry versus Luchasaurus in the Lumberjack match uh, first thing first, like, uh, don't do a lumberjack match. Mm. <laughs> what, during COVID-19? Yeah. Yeah, during COVID-19. Nobody knows uh, what 19 stands for. <laughs> it's so cryptic, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, that was my first thought. But after that, um, it was, uh, you know, we'd only seen Wardlow really with Cody. Maybe he's been on Dark. I, I have not been watching Dark. Yeah, but, he was uh, going dark throwing guys around. He really impressed me. I mean, Luchasaurus is impressive, and we've seen him, and we know he's impressive for, like, a big guy. And I, whenever they signed Wardlow, I just thought that they were like, okay, here's, like, a big guy, and they'd gotten a lot of criticism for not having any big guys, right? They had, uh, you know, they have who they, they have. Like, their stars are, you know, usually smaller. It's kind of like NXT. They don't have a ton of, like, really big guys. And... I was like, oh, they just signed Wardlow to fill that role. But uh, this guy, like, has, like, chops, man. Like, No, he's good. He, Yeah, like, he's – I had no idea who he was. I'd never seen him until they until they signed him. So this is, like, my introduction to Wardlow. And 
I like what I see. Uh, I think it's I think it's really cool. Yeah, the Cody match was uh, a nice start, but this this match kind of it kind of opened my eyes a little bit more to what he could possibly be once he breaks away from MJF because you know it's going to happen. I've time. just really become accustomed to opening matches on Dynamite being a really high energy tag match, and I thought that FTR versus SCU probably made more sense in that in that respect. That being said, I did like it. I I love Luchasaurus. I hate the gimmick. Okay. I hate the I hate the mask. I hate the mask. But as a worker, uh, no, he's really good. As a worker, no, I'm a really I'm a big fan. This is the other thing I was going to say. I like their attempt at having the presser for Fighter Fest, having the Cody Jake Hager thing. I like that a lot because it. What I would there's one thing I would have done. I would have had when they were when Jake Hager and Cody were standing there face, like face to face like doing the boxing thing you know right. they should have had a bunch of cameras going yeah, on Yeah for sure for sure but they didn't and yeah. then it's like well then it's just two douchebags standing, standing next to yeah. you know and uh and Jake Hager's wife wow dude God. he is a great Damn. heel like every time she's yeah. on TV I that's his real her. wife she is, that's his real wife that's his real wife yeah God she, she is, is so good at what she does she really is yeah I mean, didn't say a word. I was just like, okay, when these jokers fight? <laughs> and I'll say this as a gentleman, yeah. quite attractive. Yeah, <laughs> to say the True. least. Um, you know what I thought was funny? They, you know, like they had uh, reporters there, like those PWI people, totally made up. Those are not real people. No. And Tony Khan. And they were all from PWI. They were like, hey, yeah, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, PWI, uh, Pro <laughs> W Illustrated. <laughs> Which is hilarious. And then Tony Khan put out a tweet thanking both of them as like his two favorite wrestling writers. And like it was just so tongue in cheek because like they're just not real people. Not at all. Uh, the other thing that I thought of while I was watching AEW last night was Colt Cabana had a tag match with the Mr. Brody Lee versus Janela, who we didn't mention before, has also been very vocal on the right side in terms of the say something. Agreed. Um, yep. Joey Janela and what is that guy's name that I can never Sunny remember? Kiss. Sunny Kiss. Sunny Kiss. That was a fun match. Yeah. I will say this, though. What's the point of having Colt Cabana join the Dark Order if he's just going to come, come out as Colt Cabana with his old Colt Cabana music and Brody Lee? So the Dark Order, hold on. Don't, don't. <laughs> he's heating up. Don't not do that to me. What's the point of having them? So the Dark Order was this whole thing. For months and months, it was the Dark Order. Oh, they they have all these vignettes and everything. Then they bring Brody Lee in. He's the exalted one, right? Right. And then uh, now it's just Brody Lee. And then he has a match against Moxley, and he loses, and Dark Order doesn't get involved. And now Cole Cabana is part of the Dark Order, but Cole Cabana still comes out to Cole Cabana music, and now it's just Cole Cabana and Brody Lee are going to be fighting at Fighter Fest. So Dark Order didn't mean shit. Still doesn't mean shit. It's a shit gimmick. I liked it for one week, and I've been against it the entire time, so I've been right the entire time. <laughs> agree with me, right, Jason? No, not at Jason, all. do you agree with that? Not at all. Jason, agree with that. <laughs> no. No. If I keep asking, you'll say something. Right. <laughs> I can't agree with that. I, I don't have a problem with Cole coming out to his own music. He's and, a part of the Dark Order, though. No, he's not. Clearly, he's not. Clearly, he's not. Okay. Put him against SCU. A2, two beer? 
you see the, you know, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The conflict with him. You know, it's it's a conflict within the force itself. So, no, he's not part of the So, Dark where's the Order rest yet. of the Dark Order guys? Look, Stu Grayson will be a part of that six-man at Fighter Fest. I would assume. Nah. Yeah. Now it's just Cole Cabana and Brody Lee. No. They're just a tag team called no. Dark Order now. Nobody knows in, why. No. I think no. they're standing in subway terminal terminals like selling, you know, flowers. Yeah, it's just Scotty Goldman. <laughs> it's just Scotty Goldman and Luke Harper in a tag team called the Dark Order now. No, it's God, really... I can't believe I just came up with Scott Gold, Scotty Goldman. I've been nice. trying to come up with it for weeks say, now. You, you pulled that one out. That's yet. what he was. Uh, any last thoughts? We gotta get these through these predictions real fast. Just real quick, I think, or I think, uh, AW did a really good job of setting up for this two week show. And it was a, a good show, like start to finish. And NXT was a little rocky, but it ended strong. Man, I, I, one did, match I show. Have the, I had the exact opposite. One match show for NXT: Dakota Kai and Ra- Raquel Gonzalez should be the next women tag team champions. That was my. Take. They don't have NXT tag team champions. I said women's tag team. champions. Uh, okay. So they would beat you know, Sasha and a Bayley. long time ago. I defended people. I defended you against people that said you look like Gary Payton. And then one night I remember we had Jack Patrick's and I couldn't, I mixed up two black guys and you were like, I guess they all look alike to you. Just so you know, I can't tell apart the guys from the revival. I can't tell apart the young bucks. And I have no idea who Tegan Knox is compared to Dakota Kai. If you put them side by side, I can't tell who they are. So you know what? I can't tell the white people apart either. This is banned from ringside. All right, let's get into the predictions. This isn't going to last very long. Oh, shit. There's only five matches. So, uh, I'll let you go first. Two beers, Zach. We have Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus MJF and Wardlow. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the faces. I'm going to go with uh, Jurassic Express here. That's what I meant to say. Only because, yeah, Wardlow, uh, he went over... um, Luchasaurus last week and MJF went over Jungle Boy in the last um, pay-per-view match. So I'm interested about the finish, but I feel like maybe like Wardlow's the one taking the pin here because I feel like MJF is probably set up to face Moxley for the title at the next pay-per-view. Um, so, but I, I think it's the faces. I think they need the wins. I'll just be wrong because I'm always wrong. I'll take MJF and Wardlow. Who you got, Jason Bell? Oh, fuck. I'm going to agree with Zach. I like the Jungle, uh, Jungle Express, Jurassic Express here. Um, it just makes sense. I, can, I don't have too much rhyme or reason to it. It just makes more sense. All right. Uh, we have Private Party versus Proud and Powerful. Uh, that's a lot of P's. Mm, uh, a lot of alliteration. I'm going to take Santana and Ortiz. Who you got, Jason? I'm going to piggyback that. I've been saying they need a, a win just to make them feel like they're important. And like we've talked about before, at nauseum will go to tag team division. Private party is on the come up, but I just don't think it should be right here. Right they're now. great. No, they're great. Private party's great. That's another, I mean, when you talk about how good the tag division is, we didn't even mention private, private party. party. Yeah. Who you got, Zach? Yeah. And you don't even really think about, uh, pride and prejudice or, uh, oh, proud and powerful, mm-hmm. um, either so much uh and they're fantastic and they're they're a great team english major joke (laughs) it's crazy that they're not even like when you think about the three best tag teams right like uh proud and powerful is like not even one of them which is like bonkers right um 
So uh, I, I agree. I think they need a little shine. I think they do a really great job of looking like total geeks as Inner Circle, uh, but still also coming off as like a legitimate threat. But they need those wins to still be like legitimate threats, even when they act like geeks, which they do a great job of. Man, they can fucking work. Uh, we have be uh, a really good match. Sheeta versus Penelope Ford. I'll take Sheeta. I will piggyback that. I'm very interested to see how Penelope Ford is in the ring. This will be her biggest match in AEW. For as far as I'm concerned, her biggest match as I've seen her to date. I'm huge on Penelope Ford. I just don't think that it's going to happen right now. But I think if she shows very well here a year, two years from now, she could be on top of the women's division. Her and Britt Baker would be <laughs> that would be an interesting fucking uh, match just on Britt Baker's very entertaining. Yeah, man. I was going to say Big Swole was They're just on a quick really sidebar. Big Swole was already charismatic at Double or Nothing. I thought she was one of the ones that stole the show on the outside. Placing her with Britt Baker is going to be comedy gold all the way up until the match itself, and then from that point, look at how you want to book it. Who you got, Zach? God, real quick aside, whenever Brit, whenever uh, Big Swole did that, um, that where to doctor like callback to <laughs> Undertaker. <laughs> oh man, that was so good. Uh, total oh, blatant shit. ripoff. But um, what was the question? Sorry. Sheeta versus Penelope Ford. Oh yeah, Sheeta. Okay. Um, Cody versus Hager. For the TNT title, I'm taking Cody. I'll, I'll piggyback that. I'm taking Cody. I, it's not going to happen. It, it should be a good match, but I just can't see Cody losing right here. I'm sure it'll be a great match. Hager can work, man. I love Swagger. What do you got, Zach? I'm gonna big time Swagger, Mark. We you. the people. I'm going to surprise you and take Cody. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, one more match that. We're not doing both weeks. We're only doing this week, which they've already announced. Uh, and it's Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus Best Friends. I would say out of these matches, this is the match I'm looking forward to the most Agreed. because it has Kenny Omega. I'll let you go first, Jason. Did not know that Best Friends never won a, the tag team titles in any promotion as Chucky e. T and uh, Trent Brewer, obviously, Rapongi won the junior tag titles in New Japan, but that was with one Rocky Romero. That said, I would love to see it happening here. I just can't see it happening here. The streak continues. I got Omega and Page retaining. Zach? Yeah, for sure. I like those guys a lot. They're very entertaining. Uh, I love the the video package, uh, even though it was a little offbeat, but I feel like Kenny Omega and Adam Page are both kind of offbeat guys. Um, and especially Trent Brett and Chucky e. T. Like, if you've ever watched Being the Elite, um, they are one of the most entertaining facets, like, of it. Like, they're really, like, fun. I feel like they'd be fun guys to, like, hang out with. So, but go ahead. Sorry. They're not top guy. They're not top, like, guys right now for this division, right? They're not, they're not going to give us the most interesting feuds. They're not going to give us the best matches. Um, so it is not their time. Pretty yeah. interesting to think about who's finally going to take those tag belts off of Omega and Page. It is FT FTR. Really to think about. FTR. I think it's it's either, I think it's probably them, and I think yeah, Young Bucks are the ones. That's whenever Young Bucks finally get the, the, theirs, yeah. or yeah. maybe maybe Young Bucks like wait a super long time. I don't know. 
but um, it's it ain't since Bucks didn't take it this last time. I don't think it's gonna be them. I don't think they're gonna rehash that for a while. This is banned from ringside. Okay, we got some birthdays. I know. You guys might be able to hear that twice. That's just just y'all are tripping. Uh, Mark Jindrak. R.I.P. Right? I believe so. I think he's passed away. Forty-three. Uh, Matt Striker. Mahal's real name? What? Who's that? No, C- he was. C- no, he was. He was in a tag team in WWE, and you didn't watch it. He was. It was Jindrak and. Uh, Can't think of the other guy's name. I'll say both big guys. I'll say it, was, it felt like it was right around the uh, the invasion. Era. Jindrak was good though. I remember liking him. Uh, Matt Striker, who I always liked in commentaries, forty-six. Very much alive. Heidenreich is 48. I only remember him because he had sex with Michael Cole in the bathroom. Do you know what Heidenreich's first name is, Jason? Sodaby. <laughs> That's they, close. They said it before. I, I don't know. I can't it's think of it. John. Oh, I was going to say Tim. John Heidenreich. That's even dumber than Dave Batista. Uh, <laughs> Alicia Fox is 34. Jesus Christ. Cody yeah. is 35. Terry Funk is 76. I think I've said this the last two years on the podcast, but one of my favorite pieces of trivia is that when in Roadhouse, when Terry Funk is trying to fight Sam Elliott and he calls Sam Elliott dad. Sam Elliott's older. They were the same age at the same oh, time. That's right. Uh, Scott Dawson is 36. I don't know which one that is. I don't, I don't fucking care. It's one of the revival. Uh, Brett, the hitman, Brett, the hitman Hart is 63. Charles Robinson. Lil Nate is 56. That's it. What the fuck? What you mean? Lil Nate has been around for a little bit. That means when Lil Nate, he's Lil Nate. That means when Lil Nate was Lil Nate, he was. Ten years younger than I am now. What the fuck is that? No, not ten years. Yeah, he was like my age. Yeah, he'd be ten years younger than Not me. ten years younger. And Scotty Too Hottie is 47. Hey, everybody, next week we are doing NXT TakeOver Do-Over London. Please watch it. Uh, you can watch along. Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor is the main event. Spoiler alert, Finn Balor wins. <laughs> <laughs> well, he comes out as a demon, so you already know that. Hey, right. we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. Tell them, Daddy. For FMB Eatery. Check. For Two Beers, Zach Pullman. For Vice Bo Geesman. For Jason Cornelius Bell. Kanichiwa, bitches. Stay safe. I am Bill Vagy. Hey, everybody, support your local weed dealers. Check. Support Check. your local restaurants. Check. Black Lives Matter. Check. Believe all the women. Check. Oh, and for Lucha Chris. Lucha Chris. Oh, shit. Yeah. And Boo the Heels. Boo.